Pastor Greg Rubel of Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word and this message. We pray that God puts it into your heart. Well, we have almost made it. We are to the last Sunday of 2018. That means we got one more day until we get to celebrate our brand new year. And so you know what that means, right? It means you better have your New Year's resolutions figured out. All right. That's coming up. I mean, this is coming fast. So I found out that 40% of Americans, four in 10, will, will make a New Year's resolution of some kind. And in my hours of research last week, I found out that the top three were to save more money, to eat, eat better, and to get more exercise. Um, on, the, on the list, you'll also find to read more, uh, to start a new hobby, and to sleep more. So kind of some self-care resolutions. So they, they have a strategy for success. I just wanted to share it with you that if you start on January 1st and you really bust it out through February 1st, chances are good that you will create a new behavior in your life and you'll carry the behavior on into uh, 2019. So you don't have to do this for all of 2019. You just got to do it for a month, for 30 days. So there you go. There's your strategy. Now, the one thing that I found out about these resolutions is it seemed like everyone that I read about was all about making this life better. And, you know, I I think that's great. I'm not going to discourage you from losing weight or, you know, getting more sleep or exercise, saving more money. All those are good things. But, you know, it's all about adding good to our life or subtracting bad so that it gets better here. What I do want to encourage you today, what I'm hoping for is 100% participation in some New Year's resolutions for your life with God. Uh, to help you have a stronger, better life with God in 2019. And I found some of that nestled in Romans chapter 12, where Paul is encouraging the Christians to live out this Christian life. And so I'm just going to look at a few verses, and actually just one verse for the message. But we're going to read verses 9 uh, to 13 here to find some New Year's resolutions to help us in 2019 follow Jesus. Let's read. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today on the last Sunday of this year, we can use this time on our calendars to look back and remember your good faithfulness to us and your presence with us all the way through. We praise and thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace that follows us 
all the days of our life. And we, we ask God as we meet together, as we sing these songs and unite our hearts in worship and we open our hearts to receive your word, that your spirit would be so active among us, that he would minister to our hearts, that he would meet our needs, um, that he would help us to take the step where we need to take uh, in this walk with you. So, Lord, it's all about you today. Every Sunday, we're here because of you, and we're grateful for it. Thank you for getting us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it is a, a really great privilege to go uh, to India and to share there about Jesus. You know, I get to talk to, it's not often here that you get to talk to people that have never heard his name. And uh, there, it's an everyday experience. So, uh, it's pretty exciting uh, to be able to have that opportunity and, um, you know, so appreciate your prayers over that. Be back on the 15th and um, lots to pray for there. Uh, we'll be visiting all of Maquan's um, house churches that have sprung up through his ministry. And that's a mix of believer, new believer, curious, and, you know, people that are just barely understanding that our God exists. So... Uh, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a trip. There's also time spent in the, in the church in India on Sundays. And, you know, I was thinking about it. They're, they're the key to winning India. I mean, I, we're not going to be able to do it in 15 days. Uh, so they're there right now every day working. So uh, we need to be praying for the, for the church in India to catch, catch fire and, uh, and uh, have revival. So in this chapter, I shortchanged you, I only read a few verses of it, and I'm really going to shortchange you, I only give you one verse for the message. Um, but you could pick anything in this chapter and, and make it a resolution, and your life with God is going to be better in 2019. But I want, I fo- I'm going to focus on just Romans 12, 12, because um, I think these are things that are going to help you keep going. Uh, so this is the gas for your car, this is the thirst, the water for your thirst, the, the food for your soul. This is the charge for your battery. Uh, So I think they're going to help, especially if you're thinking you can't take much more of what 2018 dished out. Yeah, so this, this I hope, is an encouragement to you. Going to help. So the first one is to resolve to rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. So rejoicing is is one of those fundamental activities that we we do in our life with God. Um, to rejoice in hope, be jubilant, be happy, be triumphant. Now, I, I was thinking most of the rejoicing that we do in our lives most likely is coming from things that happen to us that are good. You know, when something good happens to us, when the Colts win today, we are going to be jubilant. You know, uh, uh, when we uh, get a new job or a new baby, we see a rescue, we see a, a, a friend, uh, we, we have an accomplishment, you know, we end up rejoicing over those things. And that's, that's the way life goes. There's nothing wrong with that. We should rejoice as much as possible when the good comes in our life. But, but Paul is giving us a recipe for rejoicing in our life no matter what's happening. Okay? So whether you keep these New Year's resolutions or not, whether you lose the weight, whether you save the money, exercise more, whatever it might be, you're going to be able to rejoice when you rejoice in hope. 
So hope, we got to understand a little bit about that. It's not, it's not some wishy-washy hope, you know. Uh, a lot of times we're hoping for things. We really don't have the confidence that it's, that it's going to come around. Like some of us wishy-washy about the Colts winning today. Oh, I hope the Colts win today, you know. Some of us could care less, but I, you know, some of us care. Um, so, and that's okay. Um, you know, I hope the weather's going to be nice this week, but, you know, January's coming, don't know. You know, so it's wishy-washy, you know. Paul's not talking about that. He's not talking about wishy-washy hope. He's talking about a confident hope, the kind that's going to encourage us to, that, to rejoice in. See, the Bible tells us that uh, to hope in God. Hope in God, Psalm 42, verse 5. He is called, God is called the God of hope in Romans 15, 3. And so the kind of hope that we can rejoice in is found in God and what God has promised us. So when we're counting on God and clinging to his promises, we're going to have a time of rejoicing in hope. So what are you counting on or who are you counting on as the new year gets started? Who are you counting on? What are you counting on? Yesterday we had a wedding here at Living Streams. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Greg and Rebecca Ebert are now one in, in the Lord and that was a, it was a great pleasure to be a part of that. But as, as a pastor um, who participates and leads people through wedding ceremonies where they're making promises to uh, be committed to one another for the rest of their lives, I always try and convince the couple that, that it's not, they're not going to make it without Jesus. That, that he's the key, the secret to forever. That no matter how much you love each other this day, no matter how compatible your personalities are, no matter how strong of a conviction you have making this vow before God to this other person, you need Jesus in your marriage. And he's the secret. I mean, we've seen it all too often. Um, if we just try to do it on our own, things fall apart rather regularly in our world, but if we count on God to help us till death do us part, hopes will be high that that's going to happen. We need him. So when we hope in God, I mean, who are we hoping in? We're hoping in the almighty God. We're hoping in the one who is called provider, protector, defender, creator, sustainer. Our God, he is known as faithful and true He is known as truth and wisdom and knowledge. The most high God. And he is the God who sees. He sees us. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is our shepherd. He is called the bread of life. He is called the light of the world. He is the beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. He is all of these things. He is Emmanuel, God with us. These are his names. This is who he is. This is the God we can count on. So put your hope in God. Put your hope in God because he's all of that and he's so much more. And there's nobody that loves you like he does. Nobody. So who are you counting on in 2019? All right. Who are you counting on to get you through 2019? Who are you counting on to provide? Who are you counting on to to protect? Who are you counting on? Wouldn't your New Year's resolutions be so much stronger if you were counting on God to get you through rather than just the strength of your own will? So rejoice, because this is your God. The God of hope, the source of your hope. And the Psalms say, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you downcast on my soul? Because of what you're feeling and what you're seeing is bad? Because life is hard? Why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. 
There's peace and rest there. There's strength and joy. There's help. And you will be rejoicing. What are you clinging to as you head into 2019? And we cling to a lot of things. Um, a lot of things that we shouldn't cling to, like jobs and a spouse and um, our, our, uh, our goals, our dreams, our possessions. I mean, we cling to a lot of things that are not meant for us to cling to. Things that can't take the pressure of our clinging. And when we cling to things that we shouldn't cling to, they fall apart. So what are you clinging to? I can confidently and, and tell you uh, honestly that none of those things that I mentioned are able to handle our clinging. It's like trying to hold on to water. Eventually it will get out of your hand. So the hope you can rejoice in comes from clinging to the promises that the God of hope has made to us through his word. I thought I'd share with you a few of them that I'm clinging to as I get ready to get on an airplane and start 2019 in a foreign place. So here's a few. Grab one. Grab one if you need it. But there's plenty others. And these are mine right now. Deuteronomy 31.8, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. I love that. The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. India is a long way from home. And it's a very foreign place. It's very dark. It's a good promise for me. Isaiah 41 um, Verse 10, do not be afraid for I'm with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God for I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I need all of that. I need his strength. I need his help and I need him to hold me up. Isaiah 40 verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. India is on the other side of the clock. You know, I, it's, a, it's an exhausting trip. By the time I'm used to their time, I get to come back. So it's, it's just a, uh, it's just a, it's just a, you know, he doesn't, Maquan doesn't stop. You know, I mean, it just keeps going. The phone rings, you know, and I'm not complaining at all. This is going to be a great trip. I'm, I'm looking forward to going. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's exhausting mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, physically, all of that stuff, just, you know, we're powering through. So I need the Lord to, uh, to give me some strength. Mark eleven twenty four. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. We'll be praying for a lot of people every day in a lot of different places. And I'll be praying for things that are going to be at the edges of my faith, if, if you understand. And sometimes beyond my faith. And I say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so I'm clinging to this promise that what we ask for will be ours in Jesus' name. So believe that with me. Romans 10.9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love that promise. So sure. Um, I'm going to be sharing about Christ, openly sharing uh, in a place that doesn't know his name and believing that if someone says yes to Jesus, if someone declares him Lord, which is a huge thing in India, um, that, that they'll be saved. So we're, we're believing that. Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Um, I'm weak, very weak. Um, and when I... Uh, when I go anywhere, really, I, I feel a weakness that I can't be in two places at once. You know, um, uh, uh, I have people here that matter. <laughs> and, um, uh, and usually when I leave, something breaks. 
So, um, but I'm praying that, you know, all the things that broke in December, you know, we got that out of the way. So they're all fixed now. But, you know, just praying for God to fill in the void that I leave here and praying for you that God will be gracious to you as Pastor Shane leads you and, you know, his grace will be abundant. I, I, gotta, I, I know his grace is, is all we need, so I pray for that a lot. And then John 1.50, this is a verse I'm carrying. I've been hanging on to this verse since January of last year. Um, you will see greater things than these. Believe the Lord spoke that to me in a personal way to encourage my heart last January. And, and it was for my life. It was for our church. It was for a lot of things. I don't know what it means. I think I'm seeing some of it um, happen in our lives. So, you know, believe with me uh, for greater things in 2019. I'm telling you, any one of those is a rock solid promise you can cling to. You can hold on to it and be sure that the Lord will make it happen. They're spoken by our great and glorious God who does not change like the shifting shadows. So we're counting on God and clinging to his promises. You can rejoice in hope, whether you're walking in the sunshine or it's stormy forecast. So resolve to rejoice in hope. Next resolution for your life with God is to be patient in tribulation. Now, this one doesn't sound near as fun, does it? Be patient in tribulation. You know, when we're in trouble, um, usually we can't wait for it to end. You know, all of our prayers are like, get us out of this trouble. Get rid of this trouble. And, you know, patience is the last thing on our mind when it comes to being in trouble. Um, so why should we be patient uh, when we're in the thick of it? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, patience, if you think about it, is the best way to go through trouble. It's the best way. Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. That's a promise you can cling to. It's not one way that we think about, but, you know, trouble is a fact of our life. It's a fact of this life. And a lot of that we can uh, attribute to our fallen world, you know, and the sin that is bred here. Um, I mean, we've fallen and we can't get up. I mean, that's, that's the way this world is. This is the world that we live in. Trouble will not be going away until this world goes away. And the only way to wait for that day is one day at a time. You can tweet me on that. Trouble won't be going away until this world goes away. So the only way to wait for that day is one day at a time. Patience. I mean, we don't want to live our lives for a trouble-free day that may never be coming in our lifetime, may never show up. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough trouble to deal with. Jesus tells us that. So without patience, we'll be living discontent, unhappy, stressed out, angry, and anxious on medicine. With patience, there's peace and joy, contentment and trust, less prescriptions. Which way would you rather live your life? Patience is the better way. And besides, God uses trouble. There's purpose in the trouble that we go through. James chapter 1 verses uh, 2 to 4 says, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when, you, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So God uses the trouble of this world to change us, to, to shape our character, to mold us into the image of his son. So our life looks like Jesus was living, and if he were here living our life. So when we're in trouble, 
We turn to him, to God, for help. We run to him for protection. We talk to him more. We stay with him longer. We remember him more often. We trust him to get us through the trouble. God is growing us through the stuff that's happening to us. He's using it. So patience is cooperating with and submitting to the will of God in our life. We're saying to him, God, even though I really don't like what's going on here, I want you to have your way in me, even if it means I got to stay in the trouble. It's patience. Patience in the trouble. Now, it's not all grit in your teeth and you know, there's, uh, there's reminders that God gives us to help our patients. Okay, like this one, trouble is temporary. It's temporary. There is a trouble-free day that's coming. Um, and God's grace gets rid of a lot of trouble when it's done its work, when it's completed what, it, what he needed it to do in our life. So it, trouble comes and goes. Your, your life is lived in seasons, Sometimes it's a stormy season. Sometimes it's nice. But it's not always going to be that way. It comes and goes. So whatever trouble you are in today, whatever you're experiencing, isn't going to be this way next year at this time. So be patient. Let the Lord work. Look for good. It's better days are just ahead. And then, then I just hinted at a promise that God gives us to help us in our patience. That's Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God can cause everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So when, when things are really dark, uh, when, it, when they're really difficult, when, it, when you don't feel like God's with you, when you feel like, man, where, where did he go in the middle of this mess? This is a promise from God that will shine light into that darkness. Um, it, it will some, that somehow, some way, some, through somebody, God's going to bring good out of this stuff that's going on, out of this trouble. There was a lady named Nancy Kennedy who wrote an article in 2007 called The Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Year. And she is writing about this year that she and her husband experienced. She writes, I was sitting in in yet another hospital waiting room. Ever since my husband, Barry, first underwent his open heart and quadruple bypass surgery 15 months ago, I've been waiting in more waiting rooms than I can count, waiting for him to come out of an operating room. In In a little more than a year's time, my vocabulary has increased to include words such as aneurysm, Atrial fib and EP study with ablation. They all mean that I have to put on a cheery face, kiss Barry goodbye, and promise not to wor- promise that I won't worry about him, and f- and not to forget to eat lunch and lock the doors at night while he's in the hospital. With with all of Barry's surgeries and procedures, we've had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year. One of the worst in our 32 years of marriage. Yet ironically, it's also turned out to be the best. Through all of this, I've learned how much Barry loves me. He, has prepped, he was prepped in a waiting room, waiting to go into surgery to repair an aortic aneurysm. And Barry looked at my friend Tara, who was waiting with us, and he said, Hey, promise me to take care of her, or I'm going to worry about her. And then he, he, she says he wasn't worried about getting sliced open again. He wasn't worried. He was worried about me. 
She says, I came to faith in Christ three years after I got married to Barry. And for almost 30 years, I've been praying for the spiritual rift in our family to be healed. And that he would come to know Jesus as a savior. On the day of Barry's open heart surgery, he said to me before he went in, hey, if I die, I'm going to see you again. Because I know Jesus is my savior. And then he prayed with me. And then he prayed with my friends. And then he prayed with the surgeon. And Barry hasn't stopped praying with me every single day since then. What I'd asked God for for 30 years has happened. This rift in our marriage has been healed. He performed heart surgery on us both. He ripped us apart and he knitted us back together. Barry and I talked often about this year, how it was awful and awfully good. We wouldn't wish it on anyone. We wouldn't want to go through it again but we're glad that it happened. She says, we thank God for the good days and the bad because in all our days, God's held us both securely in his grip. We've known his incredible kindness to us. Our hearts are in his hands. We've had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year and I praise God for it. Are you having that kind of year? A terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year? If you can't wait for 2019 to start, it might be a clue that 2018 was kind of hard on you. Well, I just want to tell you, be patient. Trouble is a fact of life. It's a fact of life. We all have to live with it. Trouble will turn you to Jesus more often. God will use trouble to turn you into something beautiful. Wait for him. Wait for him to work. Look for the good. Be patient. It's almost over. And then the final one here in Romans twelve twelve. The final resolution is to be constant in prayer. Now, other Bible versions say it differently. Keep on praying. Be persistent in prayer. Be faithful. Be devoted in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. I like that one. So it sounds like we're always going to be praying to God. As often as we remember him, as often as we have opportunity, we're going to be sharing our heart with him, being constant, persistent, faithful, devoted, instantly making prayer our highest priority when things come up. You know, in our life, when the weather is good, it's easy to believe and hard to pray. You know, when things are, when things are going good, it's easy to believe that God is, is with me, he's for me, and he's working. I mean, we can see it with our eyes. And it's hard to pray because we don't feel the need for it. And so we forget. In the middle of a storm, when things are going bad, it's hard to believe and easy to pray. (laughs) I mean, you know, when it's dark, it's hard to see where God is. What's he doing? What's he up to? Has he left me? And and, uh, it's easy to pray because, you know, we're desperate. We're desperate for him. We're desperate, desperate for his presence and his power to show up in in the storm. And so keeping this resolution means we're going to always need to be praying no matter what the weather's like in our life, whether it's good or bad. And so what do we pray? And what do we pray? In times of good weather, it's praise and thanksgiving to God. It's returning that to him. James tells us that he is the father, that all good comes down from the father of heavenly lights. You know, and so when we're enjoying some good, We don't want to forget the one who sent it down to us. There is not anything good that you are experiencing in your life that God did not author. Whether you believe in him or not, his grace shed broad on people. 
He brings the good. So we want to praise him for it. We want to thank him for it. In times of bad weather, we'll find the simple prayer, help me God, (laughs) or help him or help her, to be right there on the tip of our tongue. Very easy to pray that prayer. The Bible says God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He is a strong tower for the righteous, and they can run into him and be safe. So to keep these prayers, you know, from just being, well, praise you, God. Thank you, God. Help me, God. You know, I can get a little repetitious, maybe even a little shallow. Uh, We want to run to the Psalms. There's 150 Psalms in there, and you can use the words of the Psalms to be the content for your prayers, no matter what the weather's like. You just turn it into prayer. Psalm 136 is a good example, a great place to go to, to do some praise and thanks, thanksgiving uh, to God uh, when we're walking in the sunshine. 26 times it repeats, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And then each time it repeats that, it connects it to something good about God or something good that God did. So Psalm 136, 1 to 5, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. And on and on it goes for 26 times saying his faithful love endures forever. And then when you get to the end of the 26, you need to keep going and you need to insert things that you know about God that are good or things that God has personally given you that you know about and then say his faithful love endures forever. To, the, to him who woke me up this morning and got me to church, his faithful love endures forever. To him who kept my car working through 2018, his faithful love endures forever. And you just keep going. That's a great prayer for walking in the sunshine. Won't be repetitive. You can change it every single day. And you need that reminder. His faithful love endures forever. So you get the idea. There's a good one. What about bad weather? Uh, How can we find what psalms help us there to to, uh, flesh out this prayer? Help me, God. Well, here's just two of them. When we need a defender, Psalm 27 is great. Um, It'll give you the words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Need a defender? Psalm 27. Need a safe place to run to? Psalm 91. Go there. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. So let the Psalms be a help to you in, in keeping this resolution. In being constant in prayer. You'll find one in there for every kind of weather that comes in your life. So that's what we pray. How? How do we pray it? Two things you need, faith and heart. Hebrews eleven six says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we have to bring our faith along with our prayers or they won't reach God. Um, we want them to go somewhere. So we got to believe that God is there. 
We got to believe that God is there and that God cares. We got to believe that God cares and that he hears. And we got to believe that anything that we ask God for in prayer is not too difficult for him to accomplish. And we got to believe that whatever his answer is, is the very best answer for our lives, trusting in his wisdom and sovereignty. There's some things to believe in there. We got to bring faith into the prayer closet. We also need to bring heart. You know, it said there, those who sincerely seek him or earnestly seek him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So what does that mean to seek God with all of your heart? Well, a guy named uh, Clifford Francis was sitting at home in southern India when a friend asked him if he was going to go to the World Cup football championships. And he says, of course. In fact, I've even been thinking about uh, going to Russia to, to, to watch it in person. And that was, uh, that was back in August. But at the time, he had no idea how he was going to afford the, the tickets to, to fly to Russia and to stay there a month. He was a freelance math teacher, makes about $40 a day. And so he started to think, well, what's the cheapest way to get there? And so he, he, the answer was my bicycle. And, and, and so uh, his friends did not believe him. But on, on February 23rd, um, he started on this journey that took him by air to Dubai where he bought a bicycle. And then he got on a ferry and went to Iran. And from Iran, he biked 2,600 miles to the Russian capital uh, to watch the World Cup. And he had this chance to meet his hero, Argentina's Lionel Messi. And one of the best footballers in the world. He said, I love cycling and I'm crazy about football. I just simply combined two of my passions and I went for it. <laughs> That's how we need to seek the Lord. Like he was seeking after his favorite football player. We need to go for it. We need to bring it. We need to go into our prayer closet with all of our heart. Loving the Lord. Being passionate about his work in the world. And we should give prayer a wholehearted effort. Even if it costs us, no matter what it costs us. So resolve, resolve to be constant in prayer, in the sunshine or in the storms of life with faith and wholeheartedness. I promise you, wholeheartedly promise you, you keep these resolutions and your life with God in 2019 is going to be stronger and better than it ever has been.